God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. D.L. Moody You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, portable insight, and engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life, faith, and just what could be possible when the two are combined. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode is entitled Eastern Promises. We'll be focusing in on testimonies about those who have left Islam and the struggle that they went through to find the ultimate truth of Jesus Christ. And the key here is to learn, grow, and try to understand where people are coming from. Letting love lead the way is always a good place to start. We're going to get right into our first story from Fasil. He was a businessman from overseas. He was working his way through the American corporate system. He stumbled upon an evangelistic meeting that really disturbed him and offended him deeply. But the story didn't end there. It lit a fire inside of him for seeking the truth. Let's go ahead and listen to our first story now. I was born in Pakistan and I grew up as a Muslim. And all my life I, I was taught to follow Allah and Muhammad is the final prophet uh, of Islam and uh, I was taught that uh, and I believed that uh, there was four books that came from heaven but the final book was the Quran and it was the final revelation and so I used to go to study the Quran after school for three to four hours at a time every single day because uh, my family wanted me to be ingrained with with, with the truth of, of what I believed and the one thing I remember as a Muslim was that I was always opposed or, or brought up to oppose the deity of who Jesus is. The Quran talked about Jesus, but we could never call him the Son of God. Uh, that was blasphemy. In fact, that was the greatest sin that any Muslim could ever commit was to confess that Jesus is the Son of God. I left the country for the purposes of education, and then later I got involved in business. And in business, some of the people I was connecting with and working with, many of them uh, were Christians or they believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Now this I did not like because as a Muslim, this was an open confrontation because I thought that they were deceived and that the Bible was inaccurate, that it was changed. And I remember telling them that, that the Bible's changed, it's inaccurate, that it, it's not correct and that you should not call Jesus as God's Son and that's blasphemy. Uh, I was invited to, uh, first I was invited to a church and I said, no, I don't go to church, I'm a Muslim, don't invite me to church, but you can come to a mosque if you like, I said to them. So then later they invited me, uh, some Christian businessmen invited me to a business conference where there was successful people in business training on how to be successful in business. So I knew that I wanted education, I wanted to learn how to be successful, that's why I, I, I was getting more education. And so I went to this conference and there was probably 20,000 people in this auditorium. And on the Sunday morning, they stopped the conference and they had this service. They, they, they called it a Christian service, which I thought that only occurred in a church or a building. Uh, so here was something that they were going to do that I didn't want to go to. But someone said to me, if you come to this service, you can have a front row seat. And as you sit in the front row after this conference is over, you can keep your seat for the remainder of this business conference. 
So that was a good good idea because I was going to be there. Secondly, they said whoever's going to be speaking is a businessman. He's not a priest. Uh, he's not some kind of uh, uh, religious leader. He's just a businessman. And I thought as a Muslim, well, how bad can that be to hear a businessman? So I went there to get my front row seat. And this man got up. And the first thing he said was, Jesus is the Son of God. Now that offended me as a Muslim. I got angry. And then he said, there's no name given by which you must be saved except the name of Jesus. And he said, if you reject Jesus, he goes, you will go to hell. And I did not like that at all. But he said one other thing. He said, but if you receive Jesus, then you are guaranteed to go to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus. Now that made me mad too. And that was the beginning of me hearing about Jesus and how they were very bold about him. There was a boldness about this Jesus. But I thought the man speaking was deceived. And I said, it's my responsibility as a Muslim to go speak to him and correct him because I thought he was wrong. And so he did this invitation for people out of the audience to come to the front by the stage and, and, and he basically was inviting them to, to come to Jesus. I didn't quite understand, but when he gave the invitation, I got up and I ran and I was one of the first people there because I thought I could talk to the man now. But by the time I got to the front of this stage, I noticed hundreds of people started to come out of the aisles and they began to run to the front. And so when I got to the front, I got stuck to the front of the stage. And all these people were there. It was literally about three to 5,000 people. And I didn't know what to do. I thought maybe I should leave, but I couldn't. I got stuck. And I remember the businessman. He had tears in his eyes, and he was looking at everybody. And he said, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And he started his prayer by saying, Jesus is the Son of God. And I said, no, I can't say that. I'm a Muslim. So I said, my kalma. I said, if they're going to say something like that, I'm going to say my kalma, which is the statement of faith of a Muslim. And I said that and I left there. And two of uh, my Christian friends came to me and they wanted to give me a hug. And they said, congratulations. And I said, what for? And they said, well, you went to receive and become a Christian. I said, no, don't you ever call me a Christian. I'm a Muslim. And I remember saying to them, I said, the mountains can shake, the earth can move, but there's nothing on this earth that can make me say that Jesus is the Son of God. But then I went back to another conference and I went to spy and to see how they do it. And I remember they were doing and talking about how Jesus is the Son of God. How anyone who believes upon Jesus or even calls upon His name will become a son or a daughter or a child of God. They would receive the right to become children of God. I remember they were talking about that. Then at the end, this businessman asked all the people in the audience to stand up, about 20,000. So out of courtesy, I stood up as well. And I knew now that he was about to give this invitation to the front like they normally do. And I knew I did not need to respond because now I knew what it meant. So while I stood there and he began to invite people to this front, suddenly the living God showed up. And when God came, I knew with every fiber of my being, my very spirit, my soul, my very body, that I was standing before the Most High God. And His presence stood right before me, went right through me, encircled me, 
I was I felt ambushed and I was alone with God I had so many questions in my mind I didn't understand what's going on why is God manifesting himself what's happening I never experienced the majesty of God but I knew that I was standing before him and I asked him one question and I said I said God as loud as I could from my heart I said God what are you doing here I thought these are the bad guys what I meant was why would God manifest amongst a people that are blaspheming in my thought by worshiping Jesus as the Son of God so when I was before him I heard a voice it was an audible voice and I heard this voice say to me no these are my children and he said it again no these are my children and a third time no these are my children when he said that it was as if uh, a veil or, or something fell from my eyes now I knew with every fiber of my being that Jesus is the Son of God it was a revelation I didn't just believe it I knew it and now I had to respond and I walked to the front and I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God that he truly was born of a virgin and that he shed his blood and he did die on a cross and I confessed that I God raised him from the dead the third day and I remember saying I said Jesus would you come into my heart would you take away my stony heart would you give me a new heart that I might love the Father as you and so in this revelation I knew in my heart the deepest part of me the core of my being already knew by revelation that Jesus is the Son of God Islam at a glance this is from the book misguiding lights by Stephen Miller. Muhammad was born about 1570. He began preaching Islam in Mecca. Under persecution, he fled to another city where he and his followers set up a religious community in 622. Islam means submission to God. It teaches there is one God of all people. The Muslim faith gives clear guidance for all of life. It has a simple theology and claims to be the final religion that fulfills the promises of both Judaism and Christianity where it parts company from Christianity. Muslims believe that Jesus was a human prophet like Muhammad. They also believe Jesus was not God's son and was not crucified and did not secure salvation for sinners. In addition, they believe the Bible has been corrupted by changes and that God provided additional revelation after the Bible was written. Let's get into our second story today. It's from Sam. Sam was following his faith to the best of his ability. He wanted to honor Allah and be a good Muslim, but God had different plans for him as his Holy Spirit began to change his heart. I basically grew up as a Muslim um, and um, about a year ago, um, as I was praying, uh, we normally make as Muslims rakats or salah, I don't know how you want to call it. Um, before I leave for the office every morning I would do um, two rakats. Um, and one morning, what started happening was, as I was praying, um, I started hearing within me, Jesus, you know. And um, it bothered me, but, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. And then 
it became an everyday thing. Every day, every day I'm just hearing Jesus, Jesus. And so as a Muslim, obviously I get packed out of my knees and, I, and I'm really begging Allah for mercy and I'm saying, I'm so sorry Allah. You know, I don't know where this Jesus thing is coming from and, and you know, please forgive me. This is the most amazing thing. The one day when, when it becomes really loud and really, really shattering within me is when God sets it up that I meet with the right person, you know, and, and, and actually have this encounter with him. So he sets it up in such a way that one morning as I'm praying, he says, Jesus, and he's like shakes my soul, you know, and, I'm, and I, I actually get scared. I stop praying and I'm like, and that's the morning I, I, I walk into the office and I'm, I'm really distraught, you know. Um, I obviously don't know that I'm showing it, um, but a friend of mine, a really, really good friend of mine, that I didn't even know knows God, you know. I knew her for about um, nine years and uh, we worked for the same company and everything. Um, I just always liked her. I didn't know why I liked her, you know, she's just an amazing person to be around, you know. And she says, hey Sam, why do you look, you know, so distraught? And I said, oh, I, I don't know, you know, everything's just, you know, crumbling. And she asks me, well, did you pray? You know, and in my mind, uh, I'm thinking, man, um, you know, you telling me about prayer, I mean, what do you know about prayer? But I don't say anything, you know, and then, um, I say no, I, you know, I pray every morning. I pray, you know. She says, "Well, you know, why don't why don't you come to church with me?" And so, quite honestly, I, I do it, but I do it just to satisfy her, you know, and make her happy. And so that weekend, the Sunday, we go to church, and because I still think church was like like it used to be, you know, I still have my shirt and pants and <laughs> looking all prim and proper. Everybody else is in jeans. <laughs> I felt a bit out. Anyway. Um, so we come into the church and everybody starts jamming and singing, you know, and I'm thinking these crazy Christians, you know, what are they doing? They come here, they're jamming and then they leave happy. Of course they're going to be happy, you know, and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, man, I just wish I had a, a quiet place of solitude, you know, and, and where I could pray, you know, because the Muslim in me is still there, you know, so, um, so she said, no, 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 wait, hang on, you know, I have a friend close to you, Edenvale, um, I'll introduce you guys, you go there, you know, and, and see, see how it goes. I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest realization that came out of this is that um, I needed to give myself completely to God. Otherwise, it would just never happen. So I, I meet Robin and, and she's just, she's flowing with love, you know, she just, that's the only way I can, I can um, explain this lady, she's just amazing. I'm standing next to them, they're trying to, they're trying to make sure I'm very comfortable. So, before the band starts, I close my eyes, I look down and I say, Jesus, if you are my saviour, today is the day you need to show me. Otherwise, I'm a Muslim again. And then they start singing, and my soul lights on fire, just like, Whoa. I'm feeling overwhelming love, I'm feeling all these emotions mixed up like I don't know what, what's going on, you know, I'm just confused, I'm standing there and I'm like but I'm just loving it, I don't want it to stop, you know and um, I, I know now that, you know, the Holy Spirit had baptized me um, but I mean, I don't even know about like the Holy Spirit, you know <laughs> what do I know of, of the Holy Spirit's baptism but anyway, so this, this tells me, man, there's something here, you know I mean, this, this was so amazing um, so in my heart, in my mind, um, I met God, you know, and I understand that Jesus is my savior. So now, I go back home, life carries on, and, and now I start reading the Bible. And the Bible becomes um, 
The only way I can describe it is like food. When you're very, very hungry, it starts filling the gap, filling the gap. So I'm, I'm reading the Bible and I just can't stop. I'm, I'm eating this thing up and I'm just loving it, you know. So I, I started analyzing it, you know, and it's my job to be an analyst. So, so I, I analyze everything. So I analyzed what I've been through. And um, what I came up with was um, that I only felt that heat and that love and that, and that overwhelming wanting to just cry feeling because everybody else around me at the church was feeling very um, happy or whatever energy they were feeling. I mean, I decided it, it was probably everybody's energy. But I, now I'm, I can't let go because it was such a powerful, powerful feeling that I need to know because if this is God, I don't want him, I don't want him to go away. I want to be with him. I want to get closer. I want to get deeper. You know, I just want to be with him. Um, I start praying for revelation. I said, you know, God, you need to show me. God, you need to show me. But this became obsessive compulsive prayer because I'd wake up in the middle of the night, even if I'm going to go drink water, I said, God, you need to show me. God, you need to show me. God, you need to show me. And I'd, I'd be in the office, we're busy on my laptop. God, you need to show me. God, you need to show me. It became like, like I was just obsessed with this now. And um, one day when, when like I, I don't say this and I forgot about it, um, I wake up in, in our bedroom, right next to our bedroom is an open plan kitchen. And I, I walk out of um, the bedroom and on my right, I see a huge picture of, of, of light. And this light is Jesus' face. And Jesus is not as pretty as we all think he is. But it's just beautiful and it's just love and it's just um, an overwhelming feeling for me because now what's happened is I've actually had revelation of Jesus himself, God himself, came down and showed me that he exists. I mean, after that, it, I just could not stop. I'm, I mean, I'm loving, loving being a Christian. I'm loving God. It's changed my life completely. Um, I'm a different person, completely different person. I mean, if you knew who I was before and you know me now, um, you, you're seeing two different individuals completely. In, uh, in Islam, they teach you so much of fear that you don't get to know God. I, um, for the first time in my life, um, read the book, um, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. And this lady speaks about calling God Father, calling Jesus Father. And that, I mean, that morning when I read that, um, I closed the book and I said, Father, Father, and the overwhelming love that I felt come back. It's just like amazing because now I have a relationship one-on-one -on -one with my God, my dad, my Abba, my, my father. And that's the big difference in Islam. It's just fear. Um, you're doing this wrong. Um, now I've learned about grace and, and it's such an overwhelming change. Overwhelming. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. It's time for the absolute basics of the Christian faith from seedbed.com. Answering those burning questions like who is God, what is salvation, and many more. So, let's take a bite. The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith 
What are the benefits of salvation? As we said before, sin caused two problems, disrupted relationship and death. We were alienated from God, enemies of God, and we had fallen victim to the clutches of evil and death. So we needed reconciliation and rescue. And that's what Jesus did. He reconciled us to the Father again on the cross, and he triumphed over death and the devil in his glorious resurrection. So, just to be clear about this, disrupted relationship and death are defeated by reconciliation and rescue through Jesus' cross and resurrection. And the way that we participate in this reconciliation and rescue is by repenting and believing. Repentance is laying down our rebellious weapons and waving the white flag of surrender. Believing is trusting the king of the universe completely and joining his side. If we repent and believe, then we're pardoned for our sin and given new life again. In order to understand pardon and new life, let's return again to that example we heard in the last chapter. Imagine a group of rebels that have tried again and again to overthrow the good and righteous king. Finally, shivering, starving in a cave, the king and his entire army come to find them. Except, instead of destroying them, the king calls for them to surrender, and they do. And then, even more surprisingly, he asks them to join his side. So the rebels in this case are pardoned for their sin. They're forgiven and the king doesn't hold their sins against them, so they're not at war. This is what Romans 5.1 says, when it says, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the king's pardon, we're not at war anymore, and we don't have to be punished. But there's more. It isn't just that the rebels are forgiven and let go. The king wants to do something additional. He wants the rebels to join his side. He wants them to be with him and to help turn other rebels back to loyal subjects. So the rebels become members of the king's army, and he takes them back and has them sit by the fire to warm up, and he feeds them and clothes them in his colors. The king doesn't just spare the punishment of death, the king gives the rebels new life. This is echoed in Ephesians 2.5 when it says, We are made alive together with Christ. God isn't just interested in forgiving our past, he's about ensuring that we have a future. John Wesley, who is an 18th century preacher, horse rider, and sporter of long flowing hair, compared salvation to a house. Repentance is like the porch. It's what lets us in at the gate. Believing is like the door of the house. It's what gives us access to the family of God again. But you don't want to just get up on the porch or just stand in the doorway. You want to go on in and begin to live in the house. It's inside where the real life happens. That's where the food is, the fire, and the furniture, and that's where God is calling us. But there's a hitch. Life in the house is good, but if you've ever been to someone else's house, you learn that they often do things differently there. They may have different rules, and living in God's house means learning new ways of living. The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith from Seedbed.com Hey, thank you so much for listening today. That's going to conclude our show. The series that we featured on this show, The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith, you can find more uh, that will explain what the Trinity is, what the Bible is, who is this person, Jesus Christ. I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. You can find that at seedbed.com confirmation. All these videos are available there, and they will better explain 
the basics of the Christian faith because there are a lot of misconceptions and lies out there. One of them being that the Bible has been changed over the years. If you do a simple Google search of the Dead Sea Scrolls, you'll find that the Bible is accurate. It has not changed. These ancient scrolls were found that actually proved that the copies of the Bibles that we have today are just as accurate as the copies that they had in the ancient times. The next episode of the Think Twice TV podcast is entitled Ending the Plague of Porn. We'll take another look at the scourge of pornography, how to break free from that addiction, and prevent your loved ones from being entangled into that. Thanks again for listening. If you could stop by our social media, give us a like, follow, or share. Thanks again. God bless. This venture is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association. Revealing the love and power of God through media. www.mediamessengers.org If you like the show, follow us on social media, and please help us reach more people. All our social links are in the show notes.